1: I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio.
0: It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave.
1: That's right, it's HopeNet Radio. I'm Jeff, and DW, my right-hand man, is chomping at the bit to get this show rolling tonight. So glad you've joined us. First things first, if you're new to the show, Dave and I talk about topics and share insights on issues that relate to teens, young adults, and parents. We discuss your emails, Facebook messages, and tweets on the show. And if you'd like to join in on the conversation tonight, email us at hope at hopenet360.com or connect on Hopenet360's Facebook and Twitter pages as well. If you're on Twitter, use the hashtag HNR so we know it's you. Also, we have live coaches available to chat with you if you need to chat and have an open and honest conversation with someone who cares. Visit our website at hopenet360.com and click on the chat with the live coach button. So tonight on the show, we have two special interviews. In the second half of the show, we'll chat with Sean Dunn, president of our sister ministry, GroundWire. Great guy. So fun to have him on the show. In this first half, Dave, why don't you introduce us to your good friend, Dr. Tim tonight?
2: Hi, I'm with a, a good friend of mine, and uh, we're calling him Dr. Tim. And Dr. Tim is a, uh, how many degrees do you have, Tim? Two. Two degrees. Um, hot and cold?
3: No, MD no. and PhD.
2: Okay, MD and PhD. And your uh, MD is in what field?
3: It's in medicine. I'm an obstetrician-gynecologist.
2: Okay. Uh, and Tim is actually one who practices gynecology and teaches on a university level? Yes, uh, the, the field of gynecology, not the oh, PhD. That's that's the MD. Yeah. Okay. And, and so what I would love to do is just ask you a couple of questions if I can. It, when you look at the the patients that are coming into your office, uh, do you see any patterns uh, of the young ladies? Do you see any things that are, that are happening within our culture that you as a physician and you have your you're a dad of two daughters that's as well. Correct, yeah. And so do you see something uh, of a pattern or something happening that this is something I'm seeing that isn't that good or, or something that really needs to be tweaked a little bit.
3: Probably um, a disturbing trend is more than uh, most likely the hypersexuality of women.
2: You want um, to explain that?
3: Well, you know, for instance, uh, you'll ask a young lady as part of the medical history how many sexual partners they have. And, and they'll say, well, not too many. And they'll say, how many is that? And they'll say eight, which is a little bit disturbing because that is a lot. But, in that culture uh as young women they don't they don't think that's a lot. The other is they don't seem to as as opposed to years gone past their i don 't know their manner of dress is growing a little more disturbing with with um, uh, how they're putting themselves out in culture. And then when they get untoward advances or things like that, or
2: so it's like it's like you feel like they're dressing in a way that's very provocative. It, it draws attention, and then they're putting their arm out saying, "I don't want to be that way."
3: Right. I mean, it's it's almost like I'm going to I'm going to follow the crowd. I'm I'm going to be a lemming, and I'm going to follow either what Hollywood puts out there or whatever. And then I don't want the response that I get. Kind of an interesting phenomenon, I, and I, I I don't quite understand it, and I don't even know, in this day and age, uh, even as a father and with a, we we talked to different women, who their role models are. Who does a woman now look up to as a role model? I used to actually, with my own daughters, point to a woman like Condoleezza Rice, who I have an immense amount of respect for. I think she's a extremely intelligent, quality woman who's accomplished a lot. But you never really hear about her. Instead, you would hear of Lady Gaga or Miley Cyrus. And I find that interesting. Irma Bombeck uh, was a syndicated columnist years ago, and she wrote something pretty insightful. And she was, I think she was addressing women when she said, know the difference between fame and success. Fame is Madonna, success is Mother Teresa. Uh, In some respects, when uh, we look at women's health, and such, and, and actually, as OBGYNs, we are women's health advocates. In a sense, you get, and I'm old enough now to get a little paternalistic with patients, you, you sort of look at them and say, you know, who's your role model? And if I do this, if I act this way, what, what kind of guy am I, am I going to attract, or what am I after in life? So. Can, I, can I
2: ask you a question here? What, somebody might say, okay, I've had eight different sexual partners in my life. I mean, does that matter?
3: Oh, it matters immensely. Can you tell me why? Well, first of all, sexually transmitted disease. Uh, of women under age 26, the, there's two big reasons they get hospitalized or, or come, uh, have a medical encounter that they may or may not like. Number one is a car accident. Number two, it has this things to do with sexual behavior, either a sexually transmitted disease re- resulting in a pelvic infection or an unwanted pregnancy. The other thing is you start to see a little bit of depression in some of these ladies because they put themselves out there and give themselves to a, a man who then decides, eh, you're used goods, and then moves on. And, you know, the woman is left left sitting there thinking, gee, I was intimate with this person. Uh, we thought we were in love, and, and now he's out of my life. So there are some elements now... Uh, I don't know if it's more than in the past, but we see uh, women hands down have a higher rate of depressive disorders as as men.
1: Hey, Dr. Tim, thanks so much for being on the show with us tonight. Uh, There are many young girls who listen to the show and are maybe hearing some of these things they might never have actually thought about. And parents, if you're listening tonight, as you listen, this might open up some conversation that you're not quite ready for. However, what we understand about puberty and the sex education taught in our public schools is that our teen girls and guys are being exposed to sex at much younger ages. And our popular culture is actually lying to our young people. And we believe it's so important that we tell the truth about these risks and give godly perspective on intimacy and the God-given purpose of sex. So, um, Dr. Tim, as you probably know, uh, our culture places really low standards on sex these days. And in fact, many young people today believe that if you love someone, then it's normal to have sex with them. It's just another part of a dating relationship. I don't know if you've seen that, but um, some of the young women listening tonight might even be feeling pressured to go farther in the relationship and are even considering if it would actually matter in the long run. Other young women might not even know what love from a man actually is apart from sex, either because that's what they've been raised to believe or because they've gone through past abuse. Um, From what you're hinting at here, it sounds like this might not be the best idea from a physiological standpoint to have multiple sexual partners. Is that true? And do you see this leading to long-term effects in women, primarily from your experience in your practice?
3: Well, one in four women who are sexually active, especially in high school, will get chlamydia. The interesting thing about chlamydia is a woman doesn't know she has it uh, many times until it's too late. And then by the time sometimes we find out, uh, she has uh, infertility problems. The other is herpes, uh, which is still around, which is very, very contagious, and another virus called human papillomavirus. The herpes viruses and human papilloma viruses there's no real cure for. So, I mean, and the, the other sexually transmitted disease aren't quite as common like syphilis or even HIV in some populations is low. But we have quite a few young women uh, who develop human papillomavirus and they have changes on their cervix that they need intervention for. And then they have to explain it to somebody. So let's say later on in life, they find a man and they say, you know, I'm sorry to let you know, but I have herpes or I have papilloma papillomavirus. Uh, you're going to get it from me.
2: And, and one out of four have that. But.
3: Well the uh, the statistic is approximately 1 out of 4 women under the age of 26 can pick up chlamydia. The statistic on human papilloma virus is a little bit more obscure. There was a study done in 1999 or I'm sorry 97 that basically said 40% of college women who are sexually active had human papillomavirus. Herpes, the, the range is 16 to 20% of the population will have herpes. Hmm.
2: Now, if, if you're talking to a young lady, a young lady comes in your office. She's a young lady, she's a virgin, and she and she just asks you as a doctor, what would you suggest my lifestyle be like? What, what would you tell her, at, at both of here's some attitudes you need to develop and here's The behaviors you need to really watch in your life. What what would
3: you say? Well, the overall, I think the overreaching concept is the same you would give to a a man as well, is is virtuous. Where women sometimes are getting into trouble, even from a professional level, is they put themselves out, you know, on Facebook or some of the uh, social media. And once their picture is electronic and once it hits electronic world, Facebook, it's there permanently, so if they, have, if they do something that they're regretful for, you know, it's there for anybody to find, a future employer or, or things like that. The problem is, you know, if you try as best you can to exhibit a virtuous life, you avoid all those things. You avo- avoid unnecessary pregnancies. You avoid unnecessary sexually transmitted disease. You avoid unnecessary heartbreak, you know, in school, uh, while in high school or college and then in the workforce, you become a better student, better employee. I mean, everything works better uh, when you do that. And the question is, where do you find your role model? Do you find it in Hollywood or do you find it in the movies or do you find it in the Bible or or Scripture? Okay, yeah, great. You know, We're
2: going to take a break here on HopeNet Radio and, and uh, listen to some music. And I want to come back, Tim, and talk to you about abortion. I just want to kind of scratch that issue a little bit and talk about what your thoughts are on that and uh, what advice you would give to somebody who may have a child that uh, they're wondering whether they should keep it or not.
0: Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at Hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at
2: hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. All right, we're back here with uh, Dr. Tim, a uh, gynecologist, a practicing gynecologist, uh, one who teaches gynecology okay, in at the university level. Tim, abortion is like a hot topic. It's, it's a political topic. Is it a political topic to you? Is that, is that something no. that...
3: No, no. It's can, can
2: you explain, can you just talk about abortion a little bit? And, and I'm, I'm concerned because it's like, it, it always comes across as a political, you're pro-life, you're pro-choice, you're, you're whatever. Could you just, as a gynecologist who, is, who has seen so many young ladies and teaches at a college level, could you talk to us a little bit about abortion?
3: Yeah, abortion right now, I mean, the, the procedure itself is a medical procedure, Um, But right now it's a political football. People use it as a a measuring stick to see if you're worthy or not worthy for political office. And what I find interesting is that they use abortion as if you're pro-abortion, you're pro-women. And I don't think so. What's interesting is, first of all, one of the forms of abortion people talk about is partial birth abortion, in, in which case the baby is delivered, scissors are impaled into a baby's skull, Baby's killed, and then it's the, the rest of the baby's delivered. And under the guise of the pregnancy, is a danger to the woman. Well, after a certain point, a, a woman can have a delivery and just deliver the baby without killing it, and it has nothing to do with you know, health and safety for the woman. It, that's more of a, a political thing, and it's a game people play. There are certain conditions where pregnancy can kill a woman. Those are exceedingly rare you know those kinds of things have to be determined in a sense between a physician and a patient, and sometimes we will send patients to a, a pastor when it's that. And but I've never really seen that. But the interesting thing is when people talk about being pro-abortion, being pro-woman, I think that's a cultural lie. Uh, we see in, in many respects. Uh, a lot of problems with women and abortion. Insofar as you know, medical problems, many of the women don't realize that a lot of the abortion providers are substandard physicians. They're either not properly trained in surgery. The clinics that they operate in are not uh, surgical centers. The doctors and the surgical centers are not held to the same standard as a, a typical hospital or, or a typical surgical center, they're just not. And the reason they're not is they don't they, they make it a political issue. They don't make it because of the politics. They don't hold those physicians and clinics to the same standards. So a woman who walks to an abortion clinic, many of them, they're almost taking their life into their hands because they don't know the quality of physician that's doing the procedures. And many of these physicians are not on staff in hospitals. So if there is a problem, you're left on your own to go to emergency room. And seek care. But there's a, an organization called the American Association of Pro Life OBGYNs that put out the health statistics of women who have had abortions where they have something called incompetent cervix. They can't hold a pregnancy and they deliver prematurely. There's a higher breast cancer risk. Um, there's a higher uh, depression risk and post traumatic stress disorder. Uh, findings and women, such as this. And these numbers are buried, and they're buried for political reasons. And so that's the disturbing thing. In the name of politics, in the name of a guy getting an office, we're going to bury this. We're going to subject women to these kinds of issues just to retain or keep power.
1: Dr. Tim, this is a very sensitive topic, and there's a good chance that someone listening tonight has had an abortion experience. If you are listening and you've had an experience with an abortion or know someone who has, we have some great organizations that we know that we can connect you with. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com tonight and let us know that you're looking for an organization or a counseling center who specializes in post-abortion counseling or visit hopenet360.com slash connect to send a message that way if you don't have email. You can also chat with a live coach tonight if this is bringing up some strong emotions as we discuss this topic at hopenet360.com as well so okay dr tim i have to ask this question because of your experience in working in women's health is there ever a good reason for a woman to undergo an abortion procedure
3: um there are like i said there are there's some very very select instances where a mother's life is in direct jeopardy because they are pregnant and that is exceedingly rare Exceedingly rare. I have only heard about them in textbooks, uh, more or less. But otherwise, no, there's most cases of abortion are in the first trimester. There are unwanted pregnancies and um, an inconvenient pregnancy. I mean, there's some states that allow, gee, I'm, you know, I don't want to be pregnant. It's affecting my mental health. So therefore, I need to kill this baby.
2: Have have you um, met with women who have had abortions?
3: Well, I've actually, yeah, I've met with women. I've actually met with women who have had botched abortions in the emergency room where the physician performing the abortion is nowhere to be found because they're not on staff. And I want to reiterate again that, like I said, many of these centers and some of these places, the medical guidelines are not followed there like they would be in a hospital. Uh, Texas actually just tried to pass that law, and I think it was found unconstitutional. I think Wisconsin was trying to as well. Right. And, and Which, it is a surgical procedure, and you would at least think that the politicians would say, well, if you're going to have a surgical procedure, the physician and the, and the clinic should be up to the same standards as, as uh, any other place, and that's not always the case. I, sometimes it is, but not always.
2: So, you know what, when, when you're saying that, Tim, though, I'm thinking, you know, some of the, the pro-choice people... Say, oh, we're going to go back to dangerous times with people with coat hangers in an alley, you know, and trying to get little abortions done by your buddy. You know, it, it sounds like it's dangerous anyway if you go to some of these places.
3: It's not as dangerous as going into an alley, but I, I wouldn't go that far. But but there is, you know, there is some concerns. There so I'm are not concerns. a medical
2: guy, so I'm going that far. Right. But I, I understand you wouldn't. But, I, yeah. you know, I'm thinking that that doesn't seem like a good argument. I, I would think. No. In your estimation, uh, Tim, is a baby alive before? I mean, when do they become alive? I mean, isn't that an issue of of some sort, or well,
3: it's a a philosophical, it's a religious issue. It's it's your faith issue. When do you believe life starts? You know, I believe life starts at conception. Any other time designation is is arbitrary. Ten weeks, twelve weeks, twenty-eight weeks. I mean, where do you pick? I mean, do the the social great social sages in politics, what do they do? Take a dartboard and put the number of weeks and then throw a dart at it and say gee it 's not a real life until it 's twenty eight weeks. The egg fertilized by a sperm it turns into human life i mean that's that's the long and short of it, it becomes a human life
2: and so in your estimation if if a young girl's listening to us now she 's pregnant and um, this baby is alive and basically. Uh, their choice really does matter not only to that child in the future, because obviously if they kill that baby, it's not going to be alive anymore. But it will also affect her somehow in the future. In what ways specifically?
3: Well, depending upon how the procedure is done, it can affect them physically because there's complications related to surgeries. It is a surgery. No matter how people look at it, it is a surgery, and things can go wrong. So they can have scarring in their uterus. They could have, like I told you, they could have a weak cervix. They could have elements of post-traumatic stress disorder, um, things like that. The interesting thing is there's plenty of couples that would adopt any of these babies. And, you know, they're, they're more than willing to help these young women. And these young women can actually pick and place their babies directly in a home. It's not that they're giving a baby up is that they're they're placing the baby. One of the greatest symbols of love is the uh lover lets the beloved be free and and if these young ladies would would understand that you know I may not want this life but somebody else could love this baby and raise it. I mean that it's a huge thing a, a great thing that they they could do.
2: You know what we're going to keep talking with Dr. Tim uh in another segment here. We're so thankful that uh he could stop by the studios and talk to us. I think today that that young ladies are under tremendous pressure. Um, They get objectified. They actually are dressing in ways that are provocative and kind of cause some issues to begin and then don't want those issues to begin, and there's a lot of confusion out there. Uh, What I'd like to do in the next segment is talk to you a little bit about food, anorexia. Um, what happens to somebody who quits eating or is bulimic uh, and see if uh, you can help us understand that a little bit.
1: All right. Remember that coaching lines are open. If you need to talk to a spiritual coach about something going on tonight in life, log on to Hopenet360.com and just click on the Chat with a Live Coach button. More with Dr. Tim when we come back here on Hopenet Radio.
0: We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. Hopenet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
1: Hey, thanks for joining us on HopeNet Radio tonight. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Connect on Facebook and Twitter at hopenet360. We'd love to hear from you. DW and Jeff, your hosts tonight in studio with Dr. Tim, a practicing gynecologist and professor of gynecology at the university level. So we're glad you've joined us tonight on HopeNet Radio to talk about topics related to women's health as well as touch on the ever-muddy topic of abortion. Really, our goal tonight on this episode is to hear from a professional in women's health and find out if the expectations of sexual purity that the Bible lays out is really the best way for men's and women's health from a doctor's point of view. And Tim, I'm just
2: wondering, when a young lady comes to you who has been not eating properly, uh, maybe they're anorexic, maybe they're bulimic. Maybe we should come up with some definitions for these, though. I'm not sure if everyone understands. What is anorexia?
3: I, To be real honest with you, this it actually these are actually serious disorders. And uh, for the most part, if I suspect anorexia or bulimia, I refer them out. More or less, uh, anorexia is the young women just don't want to eat. Nobody really understands why. Some people believe that a woman sees herself... No matter what she looks like, she sees herself as fat. There's something that goes awry in their brain for some reason that their perception changes and they just don't eat. And they always think, you know, they're fat and they do things like uh, purge and basically eat and then throw up. Uh, Some people believe it's an offshoot of depression. You know, I don't know. It's more of a psychiatric disorder. I do know this, that when we suspect it in our office, uh, we refer it to a psychiatrist immediately because obviously anorexia nervosa is a left untreated is a fatal disorder.
1: Dave, I did some fact checking on the difference between bulimia and anorexia. They're actually related. Anorexia nervosa is an eating disorder that makes people lose more weight than is considered healthy for their age and height. Persons with this disorder may have an intense fear of weight gain even when they are underweight. Um, They may also diet or exercise too much or use other ways to lose weight. Bulimia is an illness in which a person binges on food or has regular episodes of overeating and feels a loss of control. That person then uses different methods such as vomiting or abuse laxatives to prevent weight gain. Many but not all people with bulimia also have anorexia nervosa so uh, these are definitely severe eating disorders and we would always recommend someone who's listening tonight who has been struggling with any kind of eating disorder to reach out to your counselor or consult your doctor this is a big deal and the choices that you make here and now will affect your life more than you think later on in life so dr tim what happens to someone physically who eats and purges someone who's struggling with an eating disorder what what happens physiologically to them
3: and the basic thing is they become malnourished And um, they deprive their body of nutrients and proteins. And eventually, many of these women, um, if they move on to anorexia, full-out anorexia nervosa, they usually die of heart failure. Wow.
2: Now, do do you know, does does that affect their thinking at all?
3: Yeah, there are certain vitamin deficiencies that can cause mental status changes, um, especially B vitamins, uh, where people can undergo a, a depression or even... Um, almost a dementia. So yes. Yeah, so if you if you don't get proper nutrients in a long term setting, yeah, you you can have some mental status changes. Beyond that, it's just a nutrient deprivation. No, and, and some people believe it's actually the chicken or egg, and and most people believe that it is a mental disorder, depression, anxiety, something that some trigger in the brain that causes women to actually start doing this. So it's not that I'm just bulimic, I'm purging, and I got away with it, and I'm not really so bad. There is an underlying cause uh, mentally that that leads to that.
2: This is a big secretive thing, though, isn't it, generally speaking? I mean, it's not something that people really know about?
3: No, they, you know, they, sometimes they're pretty good at it, and a lot of patients are pretty good at hiding it. What's what's very good for women's health, though, is that you know since Karen the tragedy with Karen Carpenter and others we 're pretty much uh, attuned to it we you know it 's one of those things where you start seeing a woman uh, watching her body habitus and and you know that that something is going on to be perfectly honest right now in our culture we I think it, it, given the two, we have more of a problem with women overeating or both men and women actually overeating than undereating. It's just that eating disorder seems to affect women far more than men.
2: Okay, now now somebody overeats, and maybe they're not five hundred pounds, but maybe fifty, sixty pounds over overweight. How does that hurt them?
3: Well, it, it hurts them. Well, overall, it hurts them physically because it, it leads to uh, later on in life. It leads to heart disease, you know, arthritis, type two diabetes, uh, among other issues but um it leads to uh self image problems and depressive disorders, which then you know I'm depressed, so I eat more um, so it, it's a it's a dangerous uh downward spiral that sometimes uh eating too much can uh, lead to in women as well
2: okay well let me let me say I've, I've talked to some young ladies and and they've told me this yeah i'm 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 uh binging and purging, but I can stop whenever i want it it's not really it's not really affecting me, and I can stop whenever I want. What would you tell that person?
3: I would tell them they're lying. Okay. <laughs> they, well, I mean, people—you know—they you know, come to a doctor's office, and a lot of patients tell you a lot of things, and and uh, sometimes you, and you need to you tell them that. But like I, I said earlier, these women um, who are ha- are uh, subjugating themselves and have these kind of problems really need the help of. Some very very special physicians and counselors to help guide them um, through this disorder.
2: Have you seen a lot of cutting in your practice? Have people have cut themselves.
3: Not so much because I I see an older population more or less. But you know during a physical exam, obviously, in any uh, person that walks in the office, we do look for injuries. I mean, it could be something like excessive bruising which could be a telltale sign of a disease. But, yeah, we, we do look for cutting, but I don't, I don't see it as frequently. That would be more in a pediatrician's office. Okay. How about, um,
2: can you help us understand that the body is very systemic? I mean, you know, one thing affects another. Could you help our listeners understand that you, you can't really mess around with one thing without it affecting, like, a whole bunch of other things?
3: Every organ system touches the other organ systems there. Our physiology is meant to work in concert to help promote proper bodily functions and, and thriving and surviving. For instance, you, you, know, you don't drink water, you dehydrate and die. You don't eat uh, at least some good carbohydrates. Your brain doesn't function properly and neither does your heart. Your body doesn't get good protein. So we, in a sense, we are what we eat and we are what we do to ourselves. We don't exercise and our, our heart doesn't work right or we have a stroke. The interesting thing is exercise even helps uh, promote mental well-being. So our designer has a design in mind in how we were supposed to treat our bodies. If we mistreat them, they don't do what we want or we would like them to do. And then we run around and try to figure out whose fault that is.
2: Yeah, and it's not always reversible, is it? I mean, by the time you find a problem, it, it can be reversible with treatment maybe and right eating, maybe right exercise down the road. But it's not always reversible. If they catch it too late, would that be true?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, it, and these, yeah, long term effects. So if somebody's heavy and their body mass index is elevated and, and they let that go for long periods of time, they have arthritic changes in, some, in knees, especially, or hips, and, and they degenerate. You can't, you can't get that back.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because I think so many young people today live for the moment. And uh, they will yeah, they get involved in drugs, or we've talked about before with sex, or they'll get involved, they don't like how they look, so they want to lose weight right now, so they'll throw up their food. Or their, you know, I mean, there's a lot of that that might start some things, and then the ball starts kind of rolling down the hill, and they continue to do these things almost habitually after a while. And eventually they got to come to a guy like you and say, I don't feel well, and, and now you're supposed to fix it.
3: Well, yeah, well, well hopefully they, they come to us and, or, or a good physician will, will recognize, you know, overtly uh, a, a person's problem. You know, there's always a little bit of redemption and grace and, and work with people. And, and many times it, those things can be reversed. So the body itself, I mean, really, is it kind of amazing
2: how it can heal as well? Sure. If, if you give it a chance?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's consider smoking. Um, long-term smoking use will kill you. Um, but there, uh, there is, you know, the proviso that if, you know, although your lungs will never go back to being 100%, but if you stop smoking, your body has a great capacity to heal much of the damage that it suffered.
2: Yeah. So I would suggest, you know, if you're young today and you're listening and, and you've messed up, you're eating too much, you're, you're beginning to dabble or are in anorexia or, or, or bulimia or you're, you're not even exercising or you're you're drinking or you're using drugs, you know what? Stop. Go talk to somebody who can help you, Uh, whether it be a a friend at church that uh, loves God and that kind of thing, or or maybe a doctor and say, you know what? I want to get off this treadmill. I want to start doing things right. And hopefully you can watch things repair and get better and realize that sometimes you make decisions that you can't reverse. And it's really wise to make the decision when you still can reverse some of the damage uh, that's there. Uh, Well, thanks for uh, talking with us, Tim. You have a question uh, about uh, something Tim said, uh, contact us at HopeNet Radio, and we will get that question over to Tim and see if he can help you with that as well.
1: That's right. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com or head to our HopeNet360 page on Facebook or Twitter. Thank you so much, Dr. Tim, for taking time to chat with us tonight. Let's take a break here. And uh, when we return, we're going to chat with our good friend and ministry partner, Sean Dunn, president of GroundWire, about reaching hurting people online. You're listening to HopeNet Radio.
0: Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by GroundWire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at
1: HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio tonight. So glad you've joined us. It's Jeff and DW. Connect with us on the show. Email us anytime during the show. Hope at HopeNet360.com. And you can also connect on Facebook and Twitter if you're hanging out there. Dave and I are chatting back and forth. Stuff that matters to you. We want to talk about things that matter to you tonight. And joining us, Sean Dunn, the president of GroundWire. We've been connected with GroundWire over the last, I would say, three and a half years. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about GroundWire, what they do. And uh, I just want to welcome Sean to the show tonight. Thanks for joining us on HopeNet Radio tonight, Sean.
4: Uh, Thanks. Uh, Good to talk to you guys.
1: All right. So... Sean, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, How did this whole idea of GroundWire come up? And, and uh, tell us a little bit about what GroundWire is.
4: Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up as a as a bored, apathetic Christian kid. You know, I loved God. I just struggled to serve Him. I knew what I should do, and sometimes I chose not to. Growing up, that was a big—that uh, that was a large part of my journey, trying to figure out how to walk in a submitted way to the Lord. And, and you know, still, I don't claim perfection, but— uh, you know, through the years, I, I began to understand the Lordship of Jesus, and I began to understand His strength and my weakness, and, you know, all of those things. Uh, as I said, I'm not perfect, but definitely strive to live my life in a way that pleases the Lord, and, uh, you know, when I was 18, uh, I, I moved into my calling. I knew that I was called to work in youth ministry, and so went into college to be trained for that, but the first church I walked into, I ended up stepping into a, a staff position to serve a very small church and young people, and so have done that for years, have done that for 20-some years, have served uh, you know, as a speaker and an author for several years as well. About 10 years ago, God really began to deal with my heart about the way that we reach people in our culture. Uh, I believe that Jesus is the answer to every meaningful question. I believe that he's the one who heals wounds. I believe that he's the one who understands and can give strength when we're weak and who can give hope when we're struggling and and all of those things. And and I want to communicate that to as many people as possible. And uh, what ended up happening was I saw an opportunity to step away from an invitation model of ministry where we were saying to people, come where we are. And I saw an opportunity to step into a place where we could, take Jesus to where they were, where we could take the conversation to where they were. And that's what GroundWire is. It's, it, we both have a broadcasting piece, so we, we buy time on MTV, on VH1, on Adult Swim, on FX, on Comedy Central, on secular radio stations all over the nation but we also have a a 24-hour-a-day conversation piece where uh, each commercial will end with something along the lines of to chat with someone who cares. Mm -hmm. It's really reaching into the culture, giving people a a place to come and, and engage, and through that engagement, they find encouragement, they find hope. We point towards Christ, we offer prayer, and it's just been a phenomenal tool in our day and age.
1: Now, for those who are new maybe to the show or new to HopeNet360, over the past, I I think it's about three years or so, is it, Sean, that we've been connecting with you guys there at GroundWire? Does that sound right to you?
4: It does. It was about three, probably three and a half years ago that I was there and you guys took me for a butter burger across from Lambo. That's when our relationship began. Will you, if you buy me food, hey, we're friends. <laughs>
1: that was it. Was a really great meeting uh, just to meet you face to face. So for those who are new to the show, HopeNet360 has been working with GroundWire in, to give a, a place online for young people, young adults, and even sometimes parents, older adults who need to talk to somebody one-on-one about something that they're going through in life. We feel that this is critical just in our own area because we have many of you who have contacted us and let us know that you're really struggling and needing to go and talk to somebody and um, so this was a, a great partnership for us uh, because they really work to bring coaches and training and, and have a great place to go online where young people and young adults can go and chat with someone live so it's, it's so important nowadays too Sean and I really appreciate your vision where you guys aren't just asking people to come to where you are it's instead going to where people are at and our young people, young adults, you guys know so much of our interaction happens online today, that how can you not look for a ministry opportunity online on the internet and uh, and have a, a real good place for young people to go instead of all the other places you can Google answers these days and you can find 1,500 different answers for one question. And we really want to point to the truth. And so that's really the importance of what you guys do at GroundWire and what we find is very strategic for us.
2: Hi, Sean. We're delighted to have you with us today. And I was just wondering while I was listening to you. When did Groundwire start? What uh, what got you going? And uh, can you tell us that story?
4: Well, the parent organization we began in '95, but it it looked very different. We took a media turn in 2003, so we're we're about 10 years into the uh, into the media and technology push, and uh, so been very effective. You know, as you're talking about the need. You know, I mean, I, I I have thousands of stories. Hundreds probably that I could recollect. If I just sat there of, of people like uh, Leah, who came online late at night. It was four eleven in the morning, and that's one of the the key pieces for what we do is twenty four hours. Because when somebody's struggling, you can't say to them, "Hey, come back when it's convenient for me," because you miss the moment with them. And so at four eleven in the morning, she logged in and and said, "Hey, I need I need help. I I don't want to live and." this uh, volunteer coach in an, in another state met her there and said, "Boy, it sounds like it's been a tough season for you." She said, "Yeah, you have no idea." And he he began to say, "You know what, I get it. It's been uh, when I was growing up it wasn't always easy." And began to just share with her his story and she said, "Wow, your story is so similar to mine. I'm kind of surprised because there's something about isolation, about depression, about hopelessness. You feel like you're the only one." But when you realize there are so many people out there that are struggling, it, in some ways it kind of gives you hope that you can go on. Well, anyway, volunteer coach got to a place where he said, hey, Leah, can I share with you how I found hope? And she said, please do, and began to share about how he found hope in Christ. Not that life got perfect, but that he found uh, a relationship that sustained him in anchor. And uh, she said, wow, I want to know God like that and ended up giving her life to Christ. And that's really what it's about. It's about meeting people right where they are, listening to them, engaging, helping them feel safe. There's something about the Internet that's that's safe. Um, it, sometimes we don't feel comfortable going to people, looking them in the eyes, because maybe we're afraid we'll let them down, or maybe we're afraid that they'll judge us. Mm-hmm. But you get online with somebody, and, and it's a friend who you might not even know, but but it's it's a great tool to connect with someone.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy too. In this world of Facebook and Twitter, you can be anonymous, and that's something that young people are attracted to. And it kind of, in a way, it kind of does lure you into feeling safe, like you're, you know, you can control all the information you put out there. And and so sometimes you've got young people who are who are getting out on something like Snapchat or they're on you know these different apps or different platforms, if you will, and they're putting out information. They're putting out essentially themselves uh, in such a way where. It may not be so anonymous or they can't control all the data that's out there. What do you make of technology these days, Sean, and, and how young people are using it? Are, are there a lot of young people who log in and, and chat on GroundWire?
4: Oh, they're they're receiving it well. I mean, we're on track for, I don't remember the exact number, but I want to say over 50,000 conversations this year. Young people are, are more used to using their phone to text than they are to uh, to call, so instant message t- t- text response makes sense, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's 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 really their communication platform. It's what they prefer in many ways, and so it is uh, it, it's wisdom to be where they want you to be as opposed to ask them to to transform to you.
1: All right, Sean, we're going to take a break here, and uh, we'll continue this conversation in our next segment. So keep it right here on HopeNet Radio. Remember, you can always chat with a live coach. On GroundWire, go to Hopenet360.com, click on the chat with a live coach button. Anything you're struggling with tonight, any any topic you want to touch on, it, it can be about dating and relationships. Maybe you're going through a very dark time in your life and you need to talk to somebody right now. There is a coach waiting to talk with you right now. So go to Hopenet360.com and check it out. We're going to continue our conversation with Sean in a moment. We're going to play some music and come back. Keep it right here on Hopenet Radio tonight.
0: If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at Hopenet360.com. This is Hopenet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to
1: Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio tonight. Thanks for joining us. Sean Dunn, president of GroundWire, is joining us in studio along with DW and your host Jeff here. Connect with us during the show anytime or on the podcast. You can always email us at hope at hopenet360.com or connect on Facebook and Twitter. Look up HopeNet360 and get connected with us there. We love to hear from you and love to hear stories. And if you have a story about maybe you've chatted on the GroundWire coaching lines, if you have a story about your experience there, we would love to hear it. So connect with us that way. Sean, I want to just continue our conversation and kind of talk a little bit about these coaching lines. So let's look at it from a hypothetical situation. We have a young person who is really struggling tonight. They decide tonight they're going to log in and chat with a live coach. What can they expect to hear from your coaches on these coaching lines?
4: Well, you know, our first our, our first goal is to make sure that they're heard and they're listened to, knowing that, you know, that's part of the challenge in today's society is so many people feel like nobody's listening, nobody cares, or they feel like it's an insecurity that keeps them from really speaking up and the anonymity of the Internet makes it, a, makes it attractive to them to be able to do that. You know, I mean that's that's key. But ultimately, what we want to do is we want to we want to connect biblical perspective with whatever you're going through. And uh, you know, the world you get beat down, and the world you uh, your flaws get pointed at and laughed at. But uh, sometimes we just need somebody to say, Hey, you know what? God's there. He's there for you. I'm here for you. You can make it, and I'll do anything I can to help you with that. And and that is uh, just a life transforming message for so many just being able to share Jesus in people's lives you know for example a young person came online not that long ago and was just really struggling with life parents weren't the supportive the faculty that they should be uh, their friends seemed to abandon them uh, relationships weren't working out from a from a um, you know kind of a dating relationship and so they were just discouraged and and you know hopelessness creeps in and mm-hmm. and uh what they needed to hear was somebody on the other end of the line saying you know what i hear what you're what you're going through but i want you to know i care and i want you to know that jesus cares and you're going to get through this you're going to get through it uh god's there for you and and you can get through it now we do want to we do want to share jesus with you too because the truth of the matter is if you have everything in the world but you do not have a personal relationship with jesus you're still going to going to really struggle and so that's that's a conversation we want to have with you if if it's appropriate
2: Sean, that was a really great point. But let me ask you: Do you need to be a Christian to call in, or uh, do you talk to anybody that calls in?
4: Oh no, no. It, uh, the system was actually built for uh, for people that that were not believers, um, and uh, you know, just people that that had questions about faith or questions about life. Because, like I said, if, if you look at the world, you're not getting the proper view of what reality is. Because we, as Christians, we understand that a lot of what we see isn't necessarily reality; that that's a facade and for example, if you stare in the world, if all you do is watch television and you watch typical television shows, you're going you're gonna to see anger and hatred and misery, and that's going to influence you. It's going to begin to creep into your life and, and weigh heavy on you, and sometimes you just need somebody to balance that with truth and with hope and with love and with perspective that says, God is here. God is in control. Don't get discouraged. Shake it off. You know, the Bible talks about the word to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of that has to do with perspective. You know, when when fear creeps in, and we all get afraid about different things, or anxious about how's this going to look, or how's it going to work out. When those things creep in, we need to take those things captive and say, no, no, that's, that's not truth. Mm-hmm. Truth is, God's in control, He will make good things come out of even bad situations. He's always with me, He will never leave me, never abandon me. He loves me to know and and will make sure that I get through this. He promised he wouldn't let me be crushed. Mm -hmm. He promised that he'd bring good things. And so just hearing those perspectives sometimes, um, you know, it just kind of helps brush off that heaviness. It's like the weight has been lifted just when somebody comes alongside you.
1: Do you find that a lot of the people that come in and, and chat with your coaches, do they have maybe a false perception of who God is or the characteristics of God?
4: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's some statistics that we share with our coaches. They say that 66% of people in this nation believe that they're Christians. 80 some percent believe in God, but most don't either believe that He's loving, or they don't believe that they're lovable. Hmm. And so that's a big issue. You know, when you're if you, if there's somebody out there that you you're struggling to receive God's gifts and his blessings and his joy because you think that you're not lovable because somebody said something to you because you did something that made you feel that way. Mm -hmm. And God's love is not a choice. It is his character. It's who he is. He is love. Mm -hmm. He adores you. He doesn't just like you a little bit. He doesn't just love you when you're good. He adores you. And when you really begin to understand that, it's amazing how much uh, how much God can begin to do in your heart. Uh, because he can forgive everything that you've done wrong. It says that he'll take your sin and throw it as far as the east is from the west. He'll drop it in the deepest sea. He'll get rid of it. He will not bind you by it. He will not judge you by it. But he'll remove it from you when you have a personal relationship with him. And then he'll give you the strength to become that person that he wants you to be, but even beyond that. He loves you, not because of who you are, what you do, or the choices that you make. He loves you because you were his idea. You serve a purpose. He planted you on this earth. He crafted you, shaped you, molded you specifically uh, for this day and this time. And he did it because he he adores you.
1: Hmm. You know, there are some students that I've talked to in sharing about what we do at HopeNet360 and how we work with you guys at GroundWire. And, uh, we've talked about the crisis chat line. And so I'll ask them, have you ever logged in and chatted? And most of them will say, well, I've either thought about it or no, I just, I haven't done that yet. Or in some cases, no, it's not for me. You know, I'm kind of thinking in my head, well, what, what do you have to be? What's, what's gotta be going on in your mind where you realize that the coaching lines are for you. Do you find that they have these really big life problems that are, seemingly like huge mountains in their life. What do you guys, what do you see on the coaching lines?
4: Well, you know, we see a lot. First of all, uh, most people that hit the coaching line, it's because of a crisis. And to me, that's sad because sometimes they let things build up so much that they're paralyzed and they don't know what to do, and that's when they reach out. Whereas if if they were more open and more willing to reach out before it got to that horrible crisis, I'm drowning mode, uh, they're going to save themselves a lot of chaos, a lot of consequence. So, you know, it's never too early to reach out and just say, hey, I just need some encouragement or I need somebody to pray with me. That's that's great. Mm-hmm. But I, I would also say that there's this wrong thinking in our culture that says, I can do this. I can pull up my, my bootstraps. I can tighten my belt buckle. I'm going to get through this on my own. <laughs> you know, that's that's not a wise way to live your life because if there's people there, and specifically because of God, God who is there, Jesus Christ who's there to help you through whatever it is you're going through, don't try and do it on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a, a study that came out, and it was um, about 2002, I think, where they asked a bunch of uh, people in our nation, what are the central themes of the Bible? And they gave them multiple multiple, uh, multiple choice, actually, mm-hmm. uh, based on this response. I'd say multiple guess. Yeah. And they said, what are the central themes of the Bible? And 75% of the people said that one of the central themes of the Bible is, Jesus helps those who help themselves. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely the opposite of what the Bible teaches. Yeah. Jesus doesn't help you if you help yourself. He helps you because you can't help yourself. Yep. You cannot pay the penalty for your own sin. You cannot sometimes deal with life without God and His perspective and everything that He offers you.
1: I think that's so important for young people to hear because sometimes, and maybe it's just that that nine hundred and eleven thinking that. In the worst-case scenario, that's when the coaching lines would be for me. And while we don't want it to be a social club for young people to go, and, and I know your coaches are, are trained to, to kind of recognize that if it's becoming a social club kind of a thing, there there are trained adults who can talk about issues that are hard issues to talk about and have an element of grace to actually listen and to just encourage and, and really affirm young people or anyone that logs in and chats where they're at. And so you don't have to be at a, at a very difficult point in your life or, or in, a, in a really life-changing crisis. Although if you're going through a crisis time in your life and you need to talk to somebody, a lot of times crisis centers get overwhelmed, especially in the winter months when there's a lot of depression, when the sun isn't coming out you know, as much during the day. And so needing to talk to somebody is even more critical. And many people are looking for that. And so that's one of the values of having coaches available online is that they're there when you need to talk to somebody and not six months down the road. And while they're not necessarily counselors, um, they are people who really do care, who are trained, and who understand in some way what you're going
2: through. You know, Jeff, it seems like the conversation just got started here with Sean. We're going to continue it, but we need to take a break for some music. Keep her tuned in to HopeNet Radio.
0: Love Hope Net Radio? Stay in contact all week long at <laughs> hopenet360.com. This is Hope Net Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
1: Hey, we are back here tonight on HopeNet Radio. Sean Dunn, the president of Groundwire, is joining us in studio. Jeff DW with you. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can always connect with us during the week anytime. Hope at hopenet360.com is our email. You can connect with us that way. Again, on Facebook and Twitter at hopenet360. And again, tonight, if you're going through something and you're just needing to talk to someone you don't know who to turn to, or if anybody cares out there, we have live coaches available to chat with you. Go to hopenet360.com, click on the chat with a live coach button. And there's a coach waiting to chat with you tonight or anytime you need to talk to somebody. So, Sean, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. And in this, this final part of our conversation tonight, um, I, just, I want to talk more about the coaching and what are the main topics? What are the main things that uh, young people, young adults, uh, even older adults talk about when they come on the coaching lines?
4: Most people come on felt-need you know, they're they're struggling, they have a question, they don't know where to turn, whether it be, you know, we've, we've had people who are cutters, people who are suicidal, people with relationship issues, people uh, with spiritual questions. I mean, there's every time you think, oh, we've heard everything, you know, we'll get a chat that reminds mm. us that we haven't heard everything. So, um, but it's a beautiful thing when God connects the heart of a chatter with a coach. I mean, it's just, I, I remember one chat where This lady came on. She was actually from Wales, from South Wales. And uh, as she began to chat, she said, hey, something's missing. I need Jesus. Mm. And uh, so beautiful, beautiful dialogue. And you know what's amazing is even though they're in two parts of the world, this coach was in Colorado, she was in uh, South Wales, uh, it's almost like they're sitting down for coffee looking at each other, because as you read the transcript, you can just tell that they're they're bonding and they're clicking and they're mm. they're connecting, and the Holy Spirit is using that time. And anyway, the coach gets to a place where, where he, uh, he introduces her to Christ, and at the end she says, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, I'm so overwhelmed with emotion. She said, I'm laughing and I'm crying all at the same time. Mm. And the coach here in Colorado said, ah, me too, I'm <laughs> laughing and I'm crying, I mean, it was this yeah. beautiful connection. That's the amazing thing is God can use the technology and the tools that are available like Internet to put two very different people who've never met, but he puts them together in such a way that uh, that the one gets to be the encourager, the other one gets to receive encouragement, but ultimately uh, God God steps in and does what he wants to do. That's, that's where it's really fascinating to me.
1: So it sounds like, and maybe this can put some people off, we talk about mentoring and we talk about older men and older women just getting involved in young people's lives and having a a time where they can connect. And coaching is one of those opportunities. And sometimes when we talk to people about becoming a coach, they think either, number one, it's going to take too much time or they're not adequately prepared for it. There's more fear than there is passion to do it. What does it take to become a coach can really – Just about any average adult handle being a coach on your coaching lines?
4: Great question. As a former youth ministry guy, I used to want to take a 15-year-old and set him in a room with somebody who has a lot of life experience and say, hey, why don't you learn from him or her? And it never worked. And it didn't work from both sides. It didn't work because the 15-year-old was judging the old person as being irrelevant. And it didn't work because the old person was judging the young person as being a whippersnapper. You, you dress differently you uh, you know your pants are too low. What you do with your hair doesn't make sense to me. brush that thing you know and all these things. Well, when you take somebody on the internet, you can take somebody doesn't matter if they're eighteen twenty four thirty seven forty nine one of our, our best coaches is over 80 but you put them behind a computer and they have the opportunity to really influence the younger generation because it removes all of those dynamics. When somebody clicks on and says, "Hey, I want to talk, they 're not saying, "Hey, who are you? How old are you they 're just saying, "Hey, I need somebody, and if you 're there, it works so our our coaches come from a variety of ages, a variety of backgrounds. We have former pastors, former youth pastors, former seminary students, and we have house moms
3: hmm.
0: we
4: have We have college students we have uh, moms who um, their ministry changed the moment they had kids because they couldn't be at the youth service anymore because they've got little children. And so this gives them a, a two hour opportunity. We, we typically ask a coach to give us two hours a week. Some people give us much more. Uh, I mean, we have people who have never led anybody to Christ who become a coach and within five weeks lead 15 people to Christ or nine. I, I can think of another one that was nine people to Christ in the first five weeks. Mm. And they become they fall so in love with this because God is using them mm. to help people. And they have such big hearts. So as far as the qualifications, I would say you have to have a big heart. You have to have an absolute love for the Lord. Yeah. You know, you, you have to love people. If, if you if you want to judge people because of what they're doing wrong, this isn't the thing for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: If you want to love people into the kingdom, if you want to encourage people when the world is telling them what they're not doing right, this is a great place for you. All of the training is done online. Um, We we take it very seriously, and we have to, because atheists have been blogging about us for years saying Mm -hmm. we have to infiltrate their system. So because of that, we do background checks, we do pastoral references, and then we take you through the training. And all of the tools that you need to impact somebody's lives are right there. I mean, it's all in the software, uh, the training, the accountability, uh, the structure's there so that you feel as safe as possible. And I will say this too, Jeff before I'm, I'm done with this little monologue, and that is that uh a lot of people, when they begin the coaching process, they're intimidated. I don't know why, but they're they're just like nervous this is this seems foreign to them, yeah, but the moment they take their first chat, they realize it's like I'm sitting across the table from this person, and they realize why why was I nervous? That was, <laughs> that's what I do anyway,
0: yeah,
4: so uh you know it, there there are huge needs too. Um, You know, if you want to get involved, we're launching a media initiative in the nation over the next two years that's called Jesus Cares. It'll drive to JesusCares.com. Our goal is to get a million people in the United States to click on our button and to come and ask the question, does Jesus really care about me? Mm -hmm. And if you're the kind of person, you're listening to the show, and you would love it if you were sitting in a Starbucks somewhere And you're just, you had 30 minutes to kill and somebody walked up to you and just randomly picked you out of the crowd and says, hey, can I talk to you? Does Jesus care about me? Mm -hmm. See, most of us would love that conversation. We'd love to look him in the eyes and say, absolutely, he adores you.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: If, If that intrigues you, then you should look into being a coach.
2: You know, this coaching thing probably isn't for everyone. But it is for those who have a burden right now that love the Lord and are saying, you know what, I would love the opportunity to help a young person really sort some things out. I would love to love a young person into the kingdom or those that are in the kingdom already to to really help them think clearly. Um, So if if this is you, you know, uh, maybe you've got something else to do in the church or a different part of the body. Uh, but this may be something that you need to take advantage of, and we encourage you to get a hold of GroundWire and, and get into this.
1: Yeah, and there's not a, a situation that you're going to come into that you're going to be in over your head on. And I can tell you from being a coach that when you have the, the coaching setup that GroundWire has, you'll always have someone that you can fall back on. So that feeling like it's you're in over your head or that an issue is way too it's way too big, you don't have enough knowledge on it, there's someone there that you can turn that conversation over to. So if you have questions and you want to learn more about becoming a coach, you can contact us at hope at hopenet360.com or just go to our website hopenet360.com slash coach and there's information there and there's also a link too to start the process of becoming a coach and working with GroundWire and the guys there. So uh, Sean in our last couple minutes here on the show I do want to touch on you were talking about some of the initiatives you're doing in the coming year and so just share a little bit about your organization and how people can get involved with GroundWire.
4: Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. I, I would strongly, strongly request your prayers, because God has has given us a vision uh, in the next two years that is is huge. We want to flood the nation with messaging with media that that gets people asking the question: Does Jesus care? And so we're we're launching this initiative, and we need first of all to cover it in prayer. And some people might say, hey, you know what, that's that's the generic answer, but really, as believers, we know that, that evangelism is a very spiritual issue. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything that the enemy cares more about than keeping people from coming into the kingdom, because God loves people, the devil hates God, therefore mm-hmm. he can't attack God, so he'll attack the people he loves. And so he, he comes after that. So we're, we're lifting up a challenge to the body of Christ saying, hey, let's pray for revival in our nation, both through what we're doing as well as every other organization. And we just launched at the beginning of this month a prayer initiative, a 24-7 prayer initiative. And if you want to get online and you want to sign up and say, hey, I'd like to, to learn more and be a part, you can sign up. If you go to groundwire.net slash 24-hour prayer, that's 24-H-O-U-R prayer, you can sign up for that. Coaching is another fantastic way to get involved. But, of course, financially as well, uh, to flood the airwaves, it takes money to buy time on MTV. It takes money to buy billboards. Mm -hmm. It takes money to to do pre-movie advertising. And so, you know, there is no amount that is too small. Actually, right now we have uh, something going on where if you would like – to do a monthly contribution of any amount, there's a matching gift right now that somebody else will kick in an extra $100 for every monthly commitment. And if you want to look into that, you can go to groundware.net slash donate. And if you you can either sign up for a one-time gift or you can sign up for a monthly of any amount. And uh, if you sign up for a monthly, then an extra $100 goes in the coffer. But please be praying. You know, we need to lift up the name of Jesus in our culture. and And I believe that we're going to see some significant fruit and some amazing harvest because of it.
1: Well, I love it, and Sean, I'm, I'm so glad that we have this partnership because I really believe that it's reaching people where they're at for the kingdom of God, and that's what we're called to do. Again, check out groundwire.net. Indeed,
2: I think we've opened up some eyes tonight of some young people and uh, possibly gave some others a real opportunity to uh, serve Christ in this unique way. Thank you, Sean. It's been great.
4: Uh, it's my pleasure. Great to spend time with you. I hope you get back up there soon and uh, and root for your Packers when I'm there.
1: Oh, that'd be great. So, again, connect with us. Hopenet360.com is our website. You can always email us at hope at hopenet360.com during the week. You can also connect on Facebook and Twitter. Leave us a message. Tell us what the show means to you. So until next time, for all of us here in the studio, DW, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us here on HopeNet Radio tonight. We'll see you guys online and next week.